Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports, right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. we got some uh, NFL talk at the end of the show. Do the Dallas Cowboys really have some sort of quarterback dilemma? Is that right? With the way Cooper Rush has performed, the way the team has performed after laying an egg against Tampa Bay the first week. We'll discuss that. I'm going to give you uh, a few teams in each conference that have started out horribly. Now I'm going to ask you, Jared, which one of these do you think is, or is there one, do you think is going to right the ship and end up being a playoff team after a bad start? Four in the AFC, three in the NFC. Uh, college football, there's some good games in the Big 12. As a matter of fact, I think every week's going to be good games in the Big 12 because of the parity, uh, the good ones all across the country. The Big 12, is it good? Or is it that there's not a great team? Uh, ESPN had ranked the 21 unbeatens that are left. We can take a look at that. Also, could it be a big day? It's going to be a day. Could it be a big day in the for the future of OU as uh, football's five-star defensive tackle David Hicks will commit at 3:30 this afternoon and be a feather in the cap of the Venables coaching staff. Would also move Oklahoma from six to number two in the recruiting rankings, if it were to happen. Uh, we're still waiting on Aaron Judge. We're not waiting anymore on the 4A District 1 softball to be complete. We know where everybody finished. Maybe a care package sent from Clinton down to Anadarko. I'll tell you why there. Uh, could, it, it was, was last night a foreshadowing of Friday with the 7th grade Elks? Talk about that. And then also, Jared, would you rather be in a tornado or a hurricane with Hurricane Ian bearing down on Florida as we speak? So that's kind of what I've got on my mind. Feel free to chime in. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. You can feel free to chime in at 225 225- Nine six nine eight. If you're going to be outside the listening area one of these days, and you want to stay in touch with us live. It's easy to do. There's two ways: kadsam.com. You can live stream us that way, or download the Paragon app. The app has it all. Three radio stations got the Penny News, a brand new edition of the Penny News. Hit the website last night at midnight. That's thepennynews.com. We've also got Big Elk TV and Paragon TV online Friday night with high school football. Skinny on Sports podcast is also available. If you happen to miss one of our shows in in its entirety, you can check us out uh, that way on kadsam.com or iTunes. Good morning, Jared. Good morning. Question of the day, were there ribs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were ribs. At, yes, there was. I was a little worried about it when we walked in, but they were fine. Yeah. Well, fan- Good dinner. It's a good dinner. Fantastic. That's yeah. uh would be nothing. Well, I mean, there's more things in life uh, than that, well, not yeah. having ribs. But that would have been a, a tough break for at least last night. At least for Katie, but in, she she got her life. ribs and um, and, and we got her cake and everything. So, so did she go like half rack on us, or how did just she three bones? Just you know, she doesn't get it off the kids menu. She gets the oh. three bones, and she digs right in. It's dry rub, things. barbecue sauce. She does dry. Good choice. Yep. Because here's the truth. If your ribs are good enough, you don't need the sauce. That's true. That could be said about any kind of meat, right? Yep. 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 Not just ribs. Not just there. Just mm-hmm. anywhere. No, it was good. Good night. All right. So the question of the day outside of that. If you had, if you had a choice, would you rather be in a hurricane or a tornado? Well, because uh, where we're from... 
and I don't know a lot about hurricanes other than what we see on TV. Never experienced it. We experienced obviously tornadoes here in western Oklahoma. I think I have to say tornado because I know what to do. I know where to shelter and and if I can't get to a basement, where else to go, stuff like that. Hurricane, it just feels like it's everywhere. Flood, wind, possible tornadoes. And you can't, I mean, if you don't evacuate before it gets there, then then it's going to be rough for you. So I'd have to say tornado. But you also know way more in advance. Yeah, that's true. That you that's that, what, that yeah. you have the ability to get away yeah, from the hurricane. That is true. They they give you almost seventy two hours in advance saying this thing's coming. Might want to pack up and evacuate. You know. So, uh, or if you choose to uh, stay, then shelter down, board up the windows. You know, and it's amazing, and you'll see how many people just choose to ignore it all together. But uh, yeah, tornado, you don't have a lot of it. You know, you. Sometimes you they say, hey, um, Wednesday might be a day to be weather aware. That's right. You know, and you're just kind of thinking about it, and, and the odds are aren't very good that uh, a tornado could happen, but uh, at least where you're at That's, immediately where see, you're See, that at. is why the answer is tornado, uh, like at the top, is because you're still, if you, if you choose tornado, you're still liable not to get hit by the tornado. Yeah. I mean, you got to have pretty bad luck. That's true. To, for the for because it's a smaller storm. If you're in the hurricane warning, guess what? You're going to get hit by the hurricane. You're you're going to get hit because it's a massive hundred mile storm or whatever it is. Right. Like it, it's not going to miss. Right. Even in, I mean, how many tornado warnings have you gone through in your entire life, and never had a tornado hit you? That's true. You know, they'll, you know, they'll issue bunch. it for the entire county, but it could be on the opposite side of the county that you're in, or, or yeah, I see, yeah, you're right. You know, think about. No, there's been plenty of times like, you know what, it's going to ground. Oh sure. You never know, yeah. and then it, you know, it veers off to the south or north or east or west or whatever. Yeah, because the target it. is so much small. It's, sure. it's such a smaller. Yeah, thing. yeah. Now and then here on the text line, here's another advantage of the tornado. Even if you do get wrapped up in it. It's over in a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, the rest of it isn't, obviously, but there's going to yeah, be damage the, the from either one of the them. The impact is long-lasting, but same thing could be said about a hurricane. Exactly. Yeah. And it's over in a couple minutes mm-hmm. instead of days. Yeah. And there's something to me, I mean, there's rain associated with tornadoes, but and, and some hail, but, but but all at the same time, though, you don't have you don't have the rain like you do, I mean, the flooding the truth is, in a hurricane, it it may not even blow your stuff away, but it's just going to flood it, and that's even nastier, grosser than it, and blown away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the clear choice here is is tornado, it, for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, that doesn't mean that that that, that, that you know that the results of the tornado aren't devastating. There's no doubt that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people listening know that, sure. but at the same time. Yeah. I, I do think that uh, there's just I don't know I don't know I I, I think I would, I think I'd choose tornado before hurricane because I also don't think that the I feel like if you live where hurricanes come the chances of you being affected by more than one in your lifetime are way higher than the chances of you being hit by more than one tornado sorry more I understand that you people people that have lived in more would disagree with that statement 100 percent but that you know what I'm saying? You just don't you don't hear a lot of the right. You know, oh my gosh, this town got hit again. You, you just don't you don't hear that a ton. No, uh, with the tornado. Those from outside the state, not from the area. You know, I I've experienced this. Tell them where I'm from. Oh, I'm from Western Oklahoma. They go, oh, you must deal with a lot of tornadoes. How many tornadoes have hit you? You know. I'm like, Really, not really any. Yeah, none. <laughs> uh, they've been around us. I know people who have had tornado damage. I mean, all of us have known that, known somebody, or has experienced it. But you know, but you know, we're we're ignorant too. And I think, oh, you're from California. How many times has an earthquake taken down your house? You know, I mean, that's how it's just funny. But you're right. In, in Florida, you know, there's always that higher chance of of a of a hurricane 
you know, striking your your area, Key West, Miami, Tampa, Fort Myers, as I think is the bullseye right now. And, you know, I, I know a couple people down there, so – and they uh, have to stay for for their job. So it's a little edgy right now for for those people. And, they, and they're from western Oklahoma, so this is their first time experiencing that. So I, I, I pray they're okay. I know they're going to be fine. Uh, and uh, so I'm anxious to hear how they've got through that. We'll see them here in about a month or so. Did you uh, – I mean, we can take shots at people. Did you happen to see uh, one of our more famous Congress people from New York in her tweet yesterday? Oh, no. No. I think it was real. Oh, no. It said, this is why we can't have gasoline-powered vehicles because – the hurricane is going to knock out the power to the gas pumps. That's her main concern? Well, Jared, uh, do you not think it doesn't knock out the power to the electric vehicles? Well, that too. But th- the main concern should be the safety and welfare of people. Well, of course it should. Of course it should but not it, whatever's on her agenda. I think maybe somebody fooled me here. That might have been a fake one. Darn it! It's still funny to think about because you could. Well, see you her can conceivably that. see her saying that, or someone saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope it's fake. No, we we hope everything. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a little tickle. Everything works out over there in the Florida area. They've already moved uh, sports related. They've already moved games. I haven't heard now. The Tampa Bay. Let's talk about maybe that going to. Um. Minnesota? Really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Get the farthest away from it, I guess. The Bravos. Uh, there's some There's some baseball that could be affected. Well, there's some college as games well. that College games. To, a lot of college games are going to be Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, I mean, that's the area. I mean, that's their way of life. And no seeing news reports. Like, some people are like, well, yeah, I've lived through this hurricane and that hurricane. This is just another one. Well, we're choosing to get more inland, and we got a hotel room, and we're just going to hunker down until we can go back home. Yeah, I wonder and if at some point, if you don't just kind of become numb to it. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the same thing out here. You know you know you're from Oklahoma. When the tornado siren goes off, what do you do? You go out and look for the tornado. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they see the hurricane warnings go, okay, well, here's another one. Get to the second story, honey. That's what's <laughs> interesting to me is, you know, the, the difference in the – the precautions mm-hmm. for tornadoes get underground get your safe room <laughs> for the the hurricanes it's get as high as you can yeah. like huh yeah doesn't make sense you go to florida and you see a lot of it i saw a lot of it last two summers we've been down the florida panhandle and right there along the coast and all the homes are elevated for obvious reasons for storm surge and something like this only thing that's on the ground are gr- your garage so you know, the the damage would be mainly your vehicles. But the idea is to keep that water out of the house as much as possible. And it'd have to be an incredible the house we stayed in, it would have to be an incredible storm surge for it to reach that first level of the home. But it could happen. And that's they're talking what they talk about sixteen eight, feet. Sixteen I heard, I heard feet. eighteen foot yeah. storm surge. That's incredible. sixteen feet surge plus another foot or so. Uh, because it's high tide time when it's coming in. Oh, wow. And then some waves. So you could get 20-footers. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, I worry, you know, you hear about you know, you hear about the storms coming. And there's been a lot of warning, like we said. And then the aftermath is what I'm holding my breath on. Like, hopefully this isn't just as catastrophic as some past storms have been. We hope people heeded the warnings and have been prepared and you'd think in that area they're again very used to this these types of storms so uh they know how to deal with it but i really you know just i prayed nothing nothing is major majorly uh bad you know whether it be death or or uh you know homes swept away which is probably going to happen but the main thing is uh, the loss of life we hope that is very minimal yeah it just it's just amazing to me how massive the entire thing is because i'm looking at the the current track from the National Weather Service. Mm. And this is Wednesday morning. 
And so you're, you know, I'm thinking, okay, it'll be out of there here pretty quick. Yeah, it shows at uh, 2 a.m. on Sunday morning, just now to like North Carolina and Tennessee. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just, it's amazing to me how, how that happens. Yeah. From, I mean, that's, that's like five days. Yeah. To go not even a day's trip in a car i don't know i bet i bet it's a long ways from say miami to georgia driving oh yeah i mean that's a long day but any okay two days you know it's just anyhow it's just how massive those things are yeah and there's nothing here to i mean yeah you, you think something that big would take forever to move through i mean it doesn't care what's in its way you know no. <laughs> it's not stopping for a red light. There's no traffic jam for this thing. It's just going to go. Oh, it's going. It's going. Just about here. Uh, we're hoping, or at least, well, people over here are hoping maybe last night might be a little precursor to what's coming up on Friday. The seventh grade Elks, 5-0 and now this season. Uh, they beat Clinton 36-22. to my man Riley Smith, touchdown on the ground, touchdown in the air. It's now six for the season. So the the seventh grade Elks, it's one of those groups that had success in the summertime with baseball and, you know, athletes. Yeah, that group, yeah. It's so far. Yeah, we had them in here one time. Right. A little, no, the little ones didn't come. That was Cole and those guys that were oh, sophomores. We didn't have these guys. Anyway, they're still, they, they've been really good uh, over the last couple of summers. And they're playing well in seventh grade right now, five and zero. So congratulations to them. Um, district play in four A one is finally settled. In softball. In softball. And I think there's probably going to be a care package sent from Clinton down to their friends now in Anadarko. Uh, we talked about Woodward having to play Anadarko and and what the ramifications were of that were. They needed to win by five to overtake the the Lady Reds and get that final spot in the play-in series. And Woodward won by a run, 6-5. to five. So hmm. that means the Clinton uh, Lady Reds are into the play-in series, and they will face off against, I believe, Ada will be their opponent, down at Lone Grove, which that's where Elk City will be too. Hmm. <clears throat> so from the calculations of not only myself but my man Jeremy, we have decided that it's going to be Ada and Clinton in the play-in series. Winner that will play Lone Grove, and then Elk City will play Chickasha. That's where we've come to. Okay. We'll see if that's real or not. But, that's your uh, projection. I, I know Elk City. I'm, I'm – 99.999% sure Elk City's going to Lone Grove. <clears throat> yeah. Who the opponent will be, not as quite as clear. I didn't look at that, at that as close. I'm looking now. I'm guessing it's 4A4 second place team, which that looks to me like Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Unless. Unless they, have they played? Unless Chickasha swept them. And Chickasha swept them. Okay. <clears throat> I, did. I was checking to make sure there wasn't one more game they needed to make up or something. Uh, 14 okay. there, yeah. And Chickasha did sweep them, so there you so go. That's right. That is going to be right. Yep. For sure. So we know where that's at. Uh, we mentioned all the districts yesterday that are going to get started, or the regionals are going to get started tomorrow all across the state of Oklahoma. Canoe baseball team probably on the bus now to yeah. try to make it over to Worcester. Did you watch any Judge last night? Was it on at uh, – the the restaurant? Nah, uh, no. They had um, I don't. It was the baseball. It was I think it was Kansas City and someone. But you would think they would break in, or put a lower box down or something. But no, I didn't see any of it. Did you? Oh yeah, I yeah. watched every at bat. Well, I didn't watch the first at bat. I thought it started at seven. It actually started at six. But after that, absolutely. Still sitting there, huh? <sighs> four walks last night. It's only second time in his career that he's been walked four times. And in a couple of those at bats weren't them just pitching around him. I mean, twice in a row, in what the uh, sixth and the eighth, maybe 
they got ahead of him 0-2 and then tried to make and he fouled off a couple of good pitches and kind of he worked the walk as opposed to them sure. just not giving him anything to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know the, the pressure I'm sure just mounts. He's got to tell himself that the pressure is not only on him. The pressure's on the pitcher too. They don't want to be known as the pitcher that gave up that home run. That's true. You see what I'm saying? So and that there's a pride thing with the pitcher that so I'm going to try to strike him out. Oh, for you sure. Know, there, I don't think there's any any way they're going up there going, let's pitch around him and walk him in because he's, he's swinging for the fence every time. So he's got, I think it's a real mental thing for him. I, I've been saying that ever since he's got, he gotten to this point. Now everybody's watching him. Even the novice fans starting to pay attention. ESPN's giving a lot more attention. I, I he got it. He's got to get in his head. The pressure's not only on me. The other guy. Well, it's the guy really at me is is under pressure too. It's really interesting because we had <clears throat> this is by far the longest drought between like sixty and sixty one or sixty one and sixty two. You know, Maris went four days back in nineteen sixty one between number sixty and the record breaker at sixty one. Uh, gosh, he's already at what? Uh, a week, a little over a week since he hit number 60. Was that? Oh, it's, yeah, it was it's in over. Pittsburgh, wasn't it? I, I can't recall. It wasn't against the Sox. Uh, golly, I can't remember what day it was. Eight games is what I'm getting. Uh, it's been a while. It may have been, you know what, it was in Milwaukee. It was in Milwaukee. Okay. So, yeah, this is this is way far and away the longest uh, stretch. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. Again, I think it's a mental thing. I think he's capable. It's just a mental thing for him. Really do. All right. Well, I hope it happens. And and yeah, by the I way, did. I, did I know Jim has mentioned this. We'll mention it. You know where he's at next week? Uh, Monday down through s- Thursday. Down south, right? Yes. Final four games at Arlington against the Rangers. So, Kenny, if you're able. Get down to Red River Robbery early. Go for Thursday <laughs> night. That's right. Jared, I'm in a little bit of a moral dilemma here. Yeah? I feel like uh, I've been approached to – Maybe do something morally reprehensible when it comes to the Western Oklahoma Realty College pickup. Why is that? I feel like there's some collusion being offered here on the text lines. Fake news. No way. Not only by the guy that's leading. <laughs> what do I do? He wants to extend his lead. Do so we do we sabotage Andy? Is that possible? <laughs> I don't think we can really sabotage him. How do you do that? You can't. We we have no effect on how he makes his picks. Yeah, we can't. I Unless mean, we, we, we... We can't put his arm around his back and make him do a bad one. Or change... I and mean, we definitely can't change it after it's, you know, done. Unless we say, hey, man, well, I really like those Hawkeyes against Michigan this week. <laughs> Andy, I think you should, too. I've actually... <laughs> here's the deal. I've actually been told that he's done that to a couple of people. <laughs> okay. Telling him that he... Oh, yeah, man, I okay. like that. And it went the other way. Yeah. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but I have been told that that's happened before. What's another surefire can't-miss pick that we can uh, have him maybe waver on? Boy, Purdue, they're going to sink the rowing boat at Minnesota. They're only 10.5-point underdogs. Go Boilermakers. I mean, listen. Have you taken a gander at that Minnesota schedule? Yeah, it's really, really simple. It's it's not as daunting. For not them. E- they don't play Michigan or Ohio State. I was. Uh, I was they do about, have to go to yeah. Penn State. Okay, that's going to be tough. But if if Minnesota is I mean, as look, good as they've looked so far, here's their gauntlet left. And I use gauntlet tongue in cheek. Purdue at Illinois. At Penn State, the 22nd of, of uh, October. 
Then they get Rutgers at home, at Nebraska, Northwestern at home, Iowa at home, and at Wisconsin. So what I'm hearing is Penn State and Wisconsin might be Wisconsin. Did you happen tough to is, did you Wisconsin, get, get, a, get, a, get a good look at Wisconsin last Saturday? Uh, after that first quarter, I said Ohio State just right. whipped them like Patton for a dance. Yeah. Anyhow, watch out for what's Minnesota. Uh, do we really think the Gophers are going undefeated? Probably not. But well, don't be surprised if they're not in Indianapolis. No, it's the same way. No, I would be surprised if this team is in Arlington. It's kind of the same way I feel about Kansas. Do we think they're going undefeated? No. There's losses in there somewhere. Right? That's how I feel about Minnesota. It's like, yeah, well, there might be some slip-ups in there. But if you had to pick right now, would you have Minnesota winning the Big Ten West? Sure. I think I would, too. Absolutely. Yeah. With that schedule you mentioned. they got Turns the- out they may get to play Ohio State or Michigan. It turns out. It's just not on their schedule. Right. Watch out for the guy. I mentioned them yesterday as a team to watch out for flying up the rankings. Just because their record is – you know what they're going to remind me of? Hmm. Remember, what was it, 2015 maybe, when Iowa was undefeated? And everybody knew that Iowa wasn't really that good? Right. But it's been a couple times like that Iowa's been like that. Or, or like, for instance, 2014, the first year of the playoff. And Florida State was the defending national champions mm-hmm. with Jameis Winston, and they were undefeated, and I would have told you they shouldn't have been in the playoff. But they were because they had a zero by their record. Oh, yeah. But they weren't – if you're really trying to get the best four teams, they weren't it. Right. Agreed. They, they weren't. And you just watch the games, and you could go, oh, yeah, well, they're, they're eventually this isn't – you know, they just just – by the hair of their chinny chin chin kept on scraping by and scraping by and scraping by and then they played a good team and Oregon just absolutely beat them down in the Rose Bowl and then all of a sudden what did you hear afterwards oh gosh maybe this wasn't really a playoff team well um, just watch where were you at for the first 12 right where were you could have told you that I have been telling you that does the what does the does the Big Ten feel like the old Big 12 Big Ten West and East feel like the old Big Twelve North and South, where the the team in the set from the South, OU Texas was the really really good one, and then you got okay, who do we get? Uh, Missouri. Okay. Oh, Nebraska got in this year. Okay. Oh, but, Colorado. We'll thump them. But does, that, I mean, that all kind of ebbs and flows back and forth yeah. because when the Big Twelve was created, it was the other way around. You still had Kansas State rolling. You mm-hmm. had Nebraska rolling. Right. You had uh, Missouri getting Missouri. better. You had Colorado was still pretty good. And OU was down. I wish she wasn't any good. A&M was pretty good. Texas wasn't great. And then all of a sudden, three years later, what you're talking about. Yeah, that happened. And, and think about the SEC. It, it, it's it been a while now from the West just because of Alabama's been so good for so long. But that thing has gone where you look around and go, golly, where's the West? Yeah. When, when Tennessee and Florida and Georgia are, are good. And then there's also been times when you look out west or out east, and you go, especially after Tebow left and after Herb left, Florida, Missouri go strolls into that conference as is playing for the conference title in the East, and we all know Missouri was no right. giant killer. Yeah. So yeah, I think it adds a close. Right now, there's no doubt. I mean, you look and uh, you've got Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, four, three, four, and eleven, and then you have. Minnesota at number 21, and behind them, ugh, yeah. Iowa. I mean, eh. Make fun of Iowa on a, on a routine basis. Northwestern, Illinois. I mean, the, here's the problem, Jared, and we talked about it two weeks ago. The problem for the Big Ten West is that Nebraska is awful. Yeah, they they've got to be the – they're awful. And that's just, and we've gone over it over and over. That's the thing about Nebraska. Is that they have this great opportunity to dominate at least that side of the Big Ten, and they just, they're and awful. And they're in last place. They're awful. Yeah, Which it should, might, it could be another attractive uh, thing to throw out for a coach. Go, listen, this is not a good half of a conference that we play in. Get over here, rebuild us. Got a chance to take advantage of that. And, and like I've said, you know, you get to that Big Ten championship game, and you never know. 
Yeah, you I'll, never know what could happen. I wonder how this is going to be split up. You would think somebody, like one team would have to go east to make room for the two out west. Yeah, right? that, that's UCLA true. They're, and they're USC. Gonna, you're right. They'd clearly be in the west, so one team would have to move. I mean, if you're... Who it, would that be? That's what I'm trying to look at. Iowa? Here. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you're looking at Northwestern Illinois, one of those two. Yeah. Just for balance. Just thinking geography-wise. Because, because when you look at it right now, I mean, the East should be better. They've got Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, which outside of Nebraska, traditionally, are by far and away the best teams in that conference, right? Yeah. Especially, like, top tier. Yeah, they, this was set up for Nebraska, and they can't take advantage of it at all. Not only can they not take advantage of it, they're just a laughing stock because they're so bad. I mean, if you had the choice to be with Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, or Iowa, the Badgers, and Minnesota, really? That's an easy choice. Nebraska's flaming it, just flaming it off. <laughs> uh, this week, Big 12 – I heard the guys talking about it yesterday, and, and I think for right now at least, everyone's spot on. And that is every single week in the Big 12 right now, there, there's no easy win. With Kansas being 4-0, and looking like a fantastic offense uh, with Jalen Daniels at that quarterback spot. Each week for now, before maybe injuries hit or a team kind of stops caring, Every single week, you're going to have to come to play. There, there's no, there's no easy out in this conference right now. Yeah, I mean, even you look at, at uh, I mean, the teams at the bottom right now in the standings: Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas, West Virginia. All of those can beat anybody at any point. So I think it's really interesting what the Big Twelve is at this point. You know, um, last year, Oklahoma State and Baylor played. I believe it was the last. It, it would have been last week or the last week of September. And coming out of that game, I don't think anybody was was just head over heels in love with either one of those teams at that point in the season. And then you look up, and they both end up winning uh, New Year's Six Bowls, playing for the Big 12 title down in Arlington. So there's still a lot of improvement, a lot of, a lot of different things that can happen uh, for all the teams in the Big 12. But at least right now, I don't know. The, the conference is deep, and the conference is good. I just don't know if there's a great team uh, in the midst. I otherwise, don't, I don't think uh, so. otherwise you'd have a team that's, you know, you felt like head and shoulders is the best, and I think you could put them kind of in a hat and draw some out, and you could you could make a case. You know what? Yeah, outside of maybe West Virginia, yeah, that team that that they, that team probably is the best in the Big Twelve. A lot of these teams feel like they are a year away. Now, forgive me, I don't know uh, Daniel's the quarterback at Kansas. What his classification is. So hard to keep up anymore with the COVID years. Yeah, and that, yeah. even and if, even if we knew, we probably wouldn't really know. Yeah. So my point is, it feels like they're all a year away. Texas feels like a year away. Now I know there's high expectations going into this year, but I think without the injury, that might have been the case for Ewers in, in Texas. But I think they're in OU. Same thing. New head coach, get acclimated to it. A year. It, just, it just kind of feels like a year-away conference for everybody, maybe outside of Oklahoma State. Jalen Daniels listed as a junior. There you go. Yeah, I, I think this is a good opportunity for OSU to be that team. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it starts on Speaking Saturday. Speaking of taking advantage of opportunities, yeah. It, it's right now. because and, and you could probably see this coming, coming into the year. Who's the one that had a quality quarterback returning? Oklahoma State. Right. They, they were the one team in the conference that had that much experience at that position. Now, there's holes to fill elsewhere, but, yeah, they did. The most important position on the field, uh, they had a huge advantage coming into this year with the experience and the quality of Sanders. So maybe it shouldn't surprise us as much as it does that uh, with, with his up-and-down nature and with OSU trying to fill some holes, that at least at this point you feel like that now. Yeah, I, I think they are the team, maybe Baylor, but the problem is Baylor lost that game on the road at, at BYU. But Oklahoma State, for sure, it, in my mind, if you had to pick this week and say, okay, guess what, Jared, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to look at my crystal ball, and I'm going to tell you that, hey, one of these teams in the Big 12 
is going to make it to the playoff. I think it'd be hard-pressed not to choose Oklahoma State at this point. One, they're undefeated, and two, because of the advantage they have with Sanders at the quarterback spot. Right. Yeah, it'd be hard to not put them in there. I totally agree. And and whatever happens on Saturday, if they win on Saturday, that definitely puts them in that conversation, I think. Oh, if they win on Saturday. On the road at, at defending champ Baylor and look good doing it. If they win on Saturday, that's a huge step into at least kind of having one cheek in one of those spots mm -hmm. in Arlington. Mm -hmm. Now, they still have to go to Kansas State. They still have to go to Oklahoma. They have to go to TCU. Texas games at home. Uh, Iowa State games at home. So, it's not like but, – but with the parity in this conference, I mean, I would be shocked at this point if one of the two teams in the Big 12 title game doesn't have at least two losses, at least two conference losses. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, I don't think it's out I of mean, the I mean, I could see Kansas State losing next week. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? That's just that's just the way it goes sometimes. They come out and have the best game of their entire season in Norman, and then they lay an egg the next week. I could see that happening – to Kansas with Iowa State coming to town. I could see, uh, you know, and I could see Oklahoma State losing at Baylor too. I mean, you know, Baylor high off that win, but I could see Baylor laying an egg too after going up to Ames and winning. So there is a lot of parity this year in this league. I think next year with the, is, it looks like for all intents and purposes that, that next year is the last year of all 10 of these teams playing together which might be the most competitive year. Well, and what's crazy, well, then you got to add the other four in the mix. That is right. <laughs> yeah, that's I always the, forget that part. Yeah, you add four more into the mix, which which really kind of stinks in a way because I think you're right. I, you I, kind of swan song with I, the final ten. I think, the, yeah. well, and quarterback-wise, outside of – and not Sanders can come back. So right. you know, he if, if he were if he were to come back, then I think you're right with with these guys all kind of getting their feet wet within the conference. Then you could have some some really hellacious matchups with quarterbacks that have that have had some experience and are also pretty talented mm -hmm. on a lot of these teams. But you've, you've had the added bonus of four others, so <clears throat> you know the the problem with having more teams is you may not see the matchups you want to see. Right, because of the, schedule. the scheduling. That's yeah. right, and and how many you know wh where they go and how they want to split it up and. And it, you know it's going to be a one-year solution, so you probably don't want to do anything permanent because about the time you try to create divisions, two teams are leaving, uh, and maybe you don't care. Maybe you put them in the same division and you, you split it up how it's going to be split up mm -hmm. when Oklahoma and Texas leave, but then you'd have you know, an odd number or whatever. But anyhow, um, yeah, I, I don't disagree as far as a, a true multiple national title or, or playoff contenders. It does feel a year away for a lot of these teams outside of Oklahoma State. And maybe somebody catching fire and making a run. Is it Baylor it's to start right now? You know, as far as losses go, they're going to end up with a pretty good one on the road at a top 25 team in double overtime. If they can go through the Big 12 landmine undefeated, repeat as conference titleists, then they would make a heck of a case. Because that the, the one thing that the Big Twelve is going to have this year that it hasn't had a lot of times is you're going to you're going to be able to rack up those ranked wins. True. Because at the bottom of the top twenty five, I think it's going to be a little bit SEC ish in that you know one team beats another team, they fall out, but guess what? They jump in because even even what there's four or five ranked this week, plus you've got two or three of them right there in what would be say the top thirty. And those others receiving votes with Kansas, Tech got a bunch of votes, Texas getting votes, and so there's a. I think there's a. There's good teams. I'm awaiting to see if there's a great one in this conference. So you're still waiting. I'm still waiting. I don't uh, know if there's a great team yet or not. I don't think there is. Oh, I, I mean, I, I don't know how you can say the Oklahoma State doesn't have the chance to be a great yeah. team. Yeah. They haven't played anybody. And maybe you wait. Maybe that is it. But if we come in here on Monday and they go down to Baylor, then the, the answer to that question is yes, they have a chance to be a great team. The chance. Doesn't mean they're there yet. Mm -hmm. 
But they absolutely, if they can win at Baylor, avenge that loss in the in the conference title game, they are the clear front runner, and right now the only option for the Big Twelve to have a playoff team. And it's a long year, and that can change with some different games. Somebody catch fire. I mean, Oklahoma wouldn't be out of it by any stretch of the imagination, especially if Kansas State could continue to win. And then all of a sudden you look up and you see that game as the rematch of the Big 12 title game. You know, that that's probably the best-case scenario right now for OU. Because it's, it, it's easy to – if a team really excels from one point in the season on, doesn't it become a lot easier to excuse a loss? Like, say, Kansas State runs the table from here on out. Mm-hmm. Well, then you just go, well, of course, they they were they were looking ahead to OU, that Tulane gain is a total aberration, just one of those things that happens, and now this team is – I mean, that's, that's so easy to do as long as they continue to win. Those, those bad losses somehow don't seem quite as bad later on. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you like around the country? I am fascinated to see what happens in Oxford, Mississippi, between Kentucky and Ole Miss. Yeah, that's going to be – that one's going to be very interesting. I usually write down a list of this, but I usually have those ready by Thursday. Um, I mean, maybe Alabama at Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas coming off a big uh, – uh, or a loss against their rival, and now they got Alabama. That That one's kind of interesting. I'm just looking. I again, I usually write these down. NC State at Clemson definitely has my attention. How about you? Uh, yeah, I mean that. Uh, kind of. I'm. Did you realize Florida State's undefeated? I did. I guess maybe I counted that LSU game as a loss. <laughs> that crazy, crappy turned out to be a great game, or a fun ending anyway. I have a feeling that uh, Wake Forest changes that. This week, uh, for Florida State, but if they can win, then now now all of a sudden we're going to start, actually start talking about the Knolls a little bit with some sort of chance. I, I I'm, I'm totally focused in on Oxford because without the help of our friend Tyler Harrison at Western Oklahoma Realty last week when we were talking about kind of where to rank teams, I didn't realize they were undefeated. So then I was paying a lot of attention to them in Tulsa, and they started out kind of good and the next thing you know I'm, I'm wondering if Tulsa's going to win that game yeah and it ends up being a one score game so that's and we've seen what Kentucky has done and I've been the biggest proponent of Kentucky in the state of Oklahoma outside of Hunt maybe from the very beginning so I, I'm really interested in that one pleased to be joined now by the head coach of the Elk City Elks Mr. Zach Maynard Zach what's up man not much. You guys doing all right? Doing well. Uh, how did you enjoy the, the the week off last Friday? It was good. We we needed a week to just work on us, get better, and uh, focus on the fundamentals and techniques, and uh, you know, and, and heal up some nicks and nacks that you know we'd had from the previous two weeks. So, how do you balance that that week? Uh, you know, we, in in the non district, you, you talked about working on you, working on you. Now you get into the district schedule, even though you didn't play. And you start to specifically game plan some things, I'm sure, in practice for a specific opponent, but you don't have one. So how much did you did you spend, say, on Clinton looking forward or on continuing to get yourself uh, ready to go as far as the Big Elks and changing some things that you wanted to do? Oh, most of it was just us. You know, it was uh, we installed, installed some things on both sides of the ball, uh, worked on special teams a lot. Um, and just technique and fundamentals just of the game just used it to, to really polish and tone in our hone in our skills and um, you know focused on us for the most part we did you know we did watch some film and do some things for Clinton uh, you know obviously with an extra week and um, lined up to some of their formations and things of that sorts but uh, for the most part the week off we just spent most of our time worrying about uh, our fundamentals and our techniques you mentioned getting healthy. That's that's the bonus of getting a week off. But was there any worry of losing rhythm or or getting out of out of uh, out of the rhythm of things that when you uh, prepare like you do week after week after week? Oh, there's there's always a little bit of worry there. Um, you know, but Monday we showed up Monday and had a great day of practice this week, and so 
you know, all that kind of went out the window. We we got we really got after it last Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, you know, Monday was more of a film session uh, treatment day, and then we used Friday as more of a film session uh, treatment day as well. Um, but but you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday were were not typical Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays for us. They were two hour practices that were, um, you know, need knock down drag outs. Um, so. That's what we did the middle of last week, and then we, uh, we we went right in this week, regular game week. What have you seen from Clinton uh, on film that you uh, maybe concerns you, and something that you know that you're going to have to be ready for? Well, they've I mean they Clinton's a great obviously a great program, um, very well coached. Um, you know, 15's a great player, 21 um, uh, can can get loose, and and he made some people look silly um, uh, this year so far, and he's uh, been a great big play guy for them. Uh, Ten, their quarterback's a great hard-nosed kid, and uh, their offensive line is—I think they've got—they've got at least two or three three-year starters up front, and um, you know I think they just replaced one or two of the tackles, and so their offensive line, which was which was great, was championship status last year. That uh, they they returned three of the four there, and or three of the five there, and um, you know they're talented, they're good football players, and um, so we're going to have to play our best ball, and uh, and. And let the chips fall where they may, but we're we're more than ready and uh, willing and, and excited for the matchup. And um, you know they're a good football team, but uh, so are we. The guy that made it run for him last year, Caden Powell, he's gone, and that a lot of people see that as being a fortunate thing. If if you're going up against Clinton, what have you seen about the guys replaced him? The, the guy who's replaced him in uh, Cooper Sully. Um, what I've seen, he could throw it a little bit. Have you seen anything? Yeah, he throws it well. Um, uh, he really does a good job of managing, and he they even run the same, you know, they're running the same offense. That hasn't changed. They run the same plays with him that they ran with Powell. Um, you know, I think that really, though, that the bulk of their offense uh, uh, production was gone, just like ours. And I think that they've kind of taken on the same approach and the fact that they're spreading that out kind of across the board and not necessarily relying on one or two guys to make up that production. They were spreading it out to – um, a plethora of people so you know that's concerning uh, it's, it's it's easier to go hey we gotta go stop this guy we're gonna win or lose by stopping this guy and um, you know so there's lots of different things and, and moving parts when it comes to uh, shutting down their offense uh, on our side of things if there's one thing that you want to continue to hang your hat on that you've seen in the non-district play that you've been pleased with uh, from, from your ball club what would that one thing be Running the football, being able to move the football on the ground, being more physical uh, than, than our opponents, and uh, and stopping the run. Um, you know, you'll go back to that Carl Albert game. Those are two things that we did not do. Um, and, and really, the three previous, even Canadian, we, we stopped the run for the most part, um, and, and we ran the ball efficiently and well. Um, you know, Friday night, uh, you, you the team that doesn't turn it over, the team that has the least amount of penalties, and the team that uh, can run the football is going to win. Um, and I think that I think that everybody in Western Oklahoma would agree with that if if, if they know what two teams are going to go on the field. So um, you know those are going to be the three keys. And uh, uh, as, as long as we can run the football and stop the run, we're going to be a successful football team. You're a part of that game last year over in Weatherford, that semifinal game. Oh, so close, but a couple of mistakes uh, proved costly. How much has that stuck with you personally? Uh, thinking about that game, going we were right there. Now we get another shot at them and, and possibly uh, get us get you guys an inside track for a district title. Well, I mean, it, it, it's a it, you know games like that, it, win or lose those types of games, they stick with you for a long time just because of the uh, excitement and the adrenaline and the and then the the ups and downs and the roller coaster ride it is emotionally. Um, yeah, it would be great uh, to avenge that loss, but like I told our team on Monday, I said, you know. The Elk City Elks have to be the Elk City Elks, regardless of who pulls in to that visitor's locker room Friday night. And so uh, we were going to play our best ball. Um, and, and, you know, I think I think that a lot of the things we talked about from last year to this year, man, both groups are just, just so different. Um, there's going to be so many different kids on the field than were on the field a year ago. Um, but it's all it, – it's in their head regardless. So um, – it's something that I think that it, we need to take a step forward as a program and go, hey, new year, new team, let's go. You know, this question I get all the time, and, and it's the, the series is lopsided and, and all that. How do you get your guys on, of, of a mindset that 
this is just another game. This is, this, you know, it's another opponent, but also it is that opponent and, and to be mentally locked in and not worried that the fact that that C is on that helmet. Well, for me, you know, I, just personally, that's why we, that's why we played Canadian. That's why we played Carl Albert, because ultimately when, 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 when people go schedule Elk City, we want people to go, why did you schedule Elk City? Well, because we want that we want that aura. We want that when that EC shows up, you're in trouble. You're gonna get hit. Um, so, you know, for me, I, there's not a, I don't say a whole lot about Clinton to our our players because one, they already know, they understand it. What I'm what I'm trying to portray, and I, what I want our kids to do is just go. All I've got to do is be my best. If if I play my very best, if we play our very best, we don't turn the ball over, we don't commit penalties. It's gonna be more than good enough. And and so. Uh, that's where I'm at, but but you know I know I know the feeling because when I was at Davis, the game was won or lost at seven o'clock before it ever started, most of the time. And so for me, uh, getting our kids ready to go, we just have to understand that it ain't about who shows up; it's about the people in the locker room and what they're prepared to do and willing to do to uh, get the job done. Ought to be a huge crowd on Friday night, huh? I've, that's what I've heard. <laughs> it usually is when these two teams get together. It usually is. Well, Coach, good luck. Thanks so much uh, for, for stopping by again this week. And uh, it's time to win again, huh? Absolutely. All right, Head Coach Zach Maynard of the Elk City Elks. That'll do it for us here on a Wednesday. Just two days away from the big one in 4A1. And also uh, we'll have Dennis Smith on. Friday, the longtime voice of the Red Tornadoes, to give you more of a preview of the game. He's going to be on 9.30 on Friday. Scotty G on Friday as well. Everybody have a great Wednesday. We'll be back for more tomorrow. Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Animal. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cowell. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening.